and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on the pub trade by those working in it. We're back and it's a new year. Hopefully you managed to carve out some reasonable trade over the Christmas period, and I'm sure we'll be talking a bit about that later. With me as ever are my semi-reliable co-hosts, Nicole Thatcher and Heath Ball. Reigning pub person of the year, Heath Ball is currently recovering from Christmas, not from working, but from the fact his wife was away, and he made the most of the freedom that that gave him, but more on that later. Uh, our work experience mascot, Nicole, whose uh, papa is a Renault fan, one for the kids there, uh, is news editor on the morning advertiser. She's a true news hound who never misses a story, unless she's having a biscuit or a vape. Which is fair enough, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose mm, it is. That's pretty accurate. But I can multitask. I can eat a biscuit, vape, and find a story. So. Can you? Yeah, I'm a woman. I'm like you. Yeah, to see that happen. But, mm. uh, let's, uh, there's time, yeah. So, uh, Heath, nice time over Christmas, aren't the family? It was amazing. It was amazing. I got to reconnect with myself. Um, Too much information. Sorry. <laughs> no, they, they, they went away for 10 days at Christmas. I put the dogs in kennels. I, I opened every day except Christmas Day. Is that why the dog smelled perfume when uh, it came out? Yeah, what's that? My missus. Uh, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what she was going on about. And then um, I went to one of the local pubs that was open from 12 till 3 and consumed eight pints of Guinness. And then went to another pub that was open till 4 and did a couple of shots of mezcal. Went home, cooked the frozen pizza. Not very well because I couldn't work out with the oven. <laughs> Um, and then fell asleep on the sofa. I mean, that, that's one version of events. Um, I mean, the other one is, I mean, you know, when most people are away, the wife's away, you know, you make the most of the time, you enjoy yourselves. Uh, what did you do? You decided to try out the wife's beauty products and ended up putting foot cream all over your face. <laughs> it was just, I was a bit, my, my face was a bit dry because of the wind. And um, so I, I wear glasses and I went into the into a little cupboard of all the, all the potions she has. Um, and I pulled out this one and I thought, okay, and I couldn't read it properly because so, I'm on glasses on, so I slapped it on. And it was like putting on like grease. Then I, when I got my glasses, couldn't work out why I was so white. Everything was shiny and it was like cracked heel cream. Yeah. I mean, you are looking revitalised. Yeah, very I mean, smooth. All my complexion of a, of a newborn baby, yeah, I'd say. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, maybe that's just the bald head. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say to that. But uh, let's let's move on. Um, we are going to be focusing on pricing in this episode of Lock In. It's uh, a new year. Inflation is soaring. Breweries are whacking up their prices, and consumers are feeling the pinch. So, what on earth is the answer for operators that need to keep their businesses profitable? And we'll be picking apart that conundrum with some excellent guests, including some top operators: Oli Volkard of the Volkard Group, Colin Wilde of Castle Rock, and Yarrick of the Black Door Bar in Scunthorpe who'll be sharing their views on what they're doing on price. We'll also be hearing the brewery side of things from brewing legend Rupert Thompson of Hogsback Brewery and getting a sense of the consumer view from cameras Tom Stainer and CGA's Carl Chessel. And for those looking to run any kind of promotions and deals, uh, Weatherspoon, for example, we'll be getting the best legal advice on that from Top Legal Eagle and Widow Twanky understudy Andy Grimsey from Popleston Allen. But before all that, let's catch up on the festive period. Um, Heath, Christmas trade. First two weeks were absolute pants. Uh, I think right. um, I think a lot of operators felt that. First two weeks, everybody was a bit nervous about spending money and all that. And then I think um, the last two week, the, the last week from the 26th, Boxing Day onwards, was was our busiest non-summer week we've had ever. Right. Um, but the rest of it was, you know, I haven't looked at like for likes overall yet. I haven't had a chance. But well, I was going to ask you that. So thanks for looking at, at those. So uh, what's your yeah, gut feeling? Are you are you uh, up on 2019? Or? Yeah, probably just because we have we've got the market. 
marquee up the front and that gives us all these extra covers so we'll be up right. at 19 Covid has had some benefits oh yeah very much so but I bet all you do is you're just paying you know, paying more bills aren't you really mm. so the busier you are the more the bills are but, um, yeah I don't know I think, I think we'll probably be we'll be up at 19 but the costs are more yeah. So, you know, you need to be up at 19 to mitigate the costs. Yeah. Um, we, we did a piece um, that the, the generally average pubs took less over Christmas. It was about the 800, £855 pounds yeah. less over Christmas. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I, I worked that out and it was £34 million in sales. Over Christmas 39,000, yeah. Yeah, mm. and that's only... And the government lost out on £27 million pounds worth of VAT. Yes. So, yeah. Well, it says it already, doesn't it? It's, um, like they care. No. Yeah. Well, oh, God, he's going to... Oh, no, well done. Say the thing. He's, he's it's a new year. Yeah. There's no point. There's no point complaining about the government. There's no point. Good. But, yeah, but... Um, but these go to anyway. Yeah, yeah but, I, no, no, but I, think, I think it's a good thing. I think, like... No, I don't think it's a good thing. I think pubs are down. It's not good for the economy. It's not keep, you know... No. It, no. We need, we need, we need uh, people... You moving. have also just illustrated Rishi's point that more kids should do maths until they're 18 because <laughs> your math skills there was impressive. It's, uh, like that, 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 that's another difference. I mean, you usually calculate it? on your phone, but... Um, but it's like... It, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? The whole, the whole thing. Um, but, you know, train strikes aren't helping. No, you know, no. We're, that's in a, we're in London Bridge today, and we're in a pub, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, ten people. Yeah, on a on a Friday. Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah. Normally, even the trains were, were well, what trains were running were very quiet, weren't they? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's 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 crippling. I mean, what's the the UKH reckoned about two and a half billion, billion. in loss? They they'd estimated one and a half billion. And I did another billion on top, so I mean that's. You just don't know the true cost of this. You know what I mean? Like it's. Well, people are already battling, like you know, especially city centres. People working from home as it is. So then the days that people would normally be in an office that they can't get in because of the train strike. So. Mm. It's, yeah. I'm it's talking through to summer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, it's, it's just like, like it's just madness. Yeah. Country's absolutely screwed. Mm. You know, would you be a tourist? The only thing you've got if you're a tourist that the the exchange rate's really good. But would you be looking at the UK going, "Oh, let's go over there and have it in the pubs," and you get in, you're like, "Shit, not open." And that, open shot on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, closing at nine. Yeah, like there's all that. Like it's mm. not. We're not a good advert for tourism at all. No, no. Um, I mean, yeah. we talked about Christmas. How, how's how's the first few weeks or first week? How how's it post Christmas? Well, I think you know we, the windlock have closed the lockout we're open it's been very quiet down in Sussex uh, the red line this week has been really good because all the private schools around Highgate are still closed right um, so Monday was really good uh, which was a bank holiday so Tuesday solid Wednesday okay Thursday mm. okay not not. Mm. but I think next week is when the pinch really hits mm. everybody's sort of yeah, I think that, you know, we, I'm taking next Monday, I'm taking all the staff out on a uh, pub crawl around the East End to traditional, you know, fit, own operated pubs mm. and throwing some money in their coffers, just um, getting everybody hammered. But yeah. There's no point being open on them next Monday. I can't see it being... No, dead. no. Um, the other the other story of the week, uh, or, or post-Christmas, was that um, the Chancellor has said that energy support for businesses is, is going to be halved, potentially. Um I mean, I, I, they can't see your face, Heath, but... Um, it's just criminal. They're just... It is... At, like, it's I mean, it's not a lot of support, as it is, really, is it? You know what I mean? Like, I got a... I got, December's bill was 6500 for the Red Lion, and I got £2,300 worth of support. Do right. you know what I mean? So they're half that, I get a grand. But still, it's just... 
you know, when you were paying 1600 a month and now you're paying six and a half, but then you're really paying three something. It's just like... And yeah, going, but that's still more than double though, isn't yeah, it? of course it is. Mm. But they should just be like, France capped it at 4%. Mm. They just, and then they get the VAT on this as well. And then we have to put our prices up to compensate and they get the VAT on that. Mm. Um, you know, fuel, look at fuel, the crude oil's been the cheapest it's been in 10 years or something. Mm. Well, the utilities um, are coming down as well. This is, I mean, people are posting kind of, you know, gas prices are coming down, down, down. Yet, I'm not seeing any change. But they listened to us, um, a energy specialist on LBC the other morning, and she just went and he goes, "Well, when's the prices coming down?" She goes, "They won't. No. This is the reality." Well, look at petrol and diesel. You know, lockdown one, it was like 99p a litre for petrol, and then you know there was this supposed shortage or whatever it was. Last, was it last year? Yeah. And, pr- and then prices at like rocketed didn't they a couple of months ago and they've come down slightly but they're never going to go back to even how they were pre-covid no no it's not they 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 don't tend to fall back but they can't maintain the utilities prices businesses will not survive well that's Mm. we've seen how many foreclosures now like um, i was reading hot dinners this morning and they're listing all the places that have just shut recently Mm. and you saw dnd london Mm. announced they're closing some sites and Mm. people are just looking at it going there's no you know, where's the light? Yeah. And if they can't see it, they're just a bit off just closing mothballing sites now. You get well, through it. Yeah. You're going to well, be stronger at the end, but... you got to get through it first. Yeah, but how many battles do you have to fight? Mm. Well, you know and, this is, and this is where you're going to have to open your price up, which is oddly enough what we're going to talk about. So right. Nice Let's look right there, shall we? It's almost, almost like a planned it. Slick. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast, and we're talking about pricing in this episode. This theme was sparked by a post on Instagram in which customers were complaining about the price of a pint at a London pub, and at the other end of the scale, we've seen Spoons announce price pint for 99p. So with a tsunami of cost pressures assailing the trade, operators are being forced to make some tough decisions. To discuss that challenge, I'm delighted to welcome three guests, Ollie Volkhard of the Volkhard Group up in the northeast, Nottingham-based Colin Wilde of Castle Rock and Yarrick Schenner, who runs the Black Door Bar in Scunthorpe in Lincolnshire. Yarrick, did I mangle that suitably enough for you? I get called a lot worse, so that's actually uh, that's really impressive. Yeah, that's really impressive. Brilliant. Thank there you. we go. Always good. Always good to get that wrong. Um, right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, let's get a sense of where we're sitting on the questions around pricing and the approaches you're making to it. Um, Ollie, let's let's start with you. What what do you do? What are you up to? Well, we're a fairly mixed mixed group of venues um, from, from pretty affluent, aspirational stuff down to value-led stuff. And so it, I think every answer is different. Mm. But from my point of view, I think the only the only genuine um, result can be we've got to increase prices. Every input cost has gone up. And if we don't, we've got to suck up the margin. And, and I just don't think there's a headroom in, in hospitality at the moment to do that. No, I mean, if, if you're not passing on, you're, you're sort of delaying things, aren't you? And, and it's going to move on. I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to you in a minute, Yarek, because I think you're, you're taking a slightly different approach. But Colin, um, I mean, you're, you're increasing, but you're, but you're also doing some tiering, aren't you, to, to sort of within your beer range. Do you want to tell us what you're up to? Yes, I mean, we're uh, looking to mitigate it for customers. Uh, I think overall everybody is expecting price increases. And as Ollie has just said, uh, I don't think we've got any option but to pass on and as much as we possibly can because we know 
uh, there's a high demand on what margin we can make on the cost side of our businesses. But what we're looking to do, and partly dealing with suppliers, but partly being in the situation that we brew our own beer too, is it that we've asked our brewers to develop a, a new recipe and take our uh, house beer, which we're actually going to call our house, uh, at a lower ABV, down to 3.6. Uh, our biggest selling beer is currently Harvest Pale at 3.8. But to use uh, a little bit of the duty saving and uh, push it onto our customers at the price they would currently pay for Harvest Pale, but then have an inflation uh, based increase on Harvest Pale. So in Nottingham prices, keeping our entry level to below uh, £4, uh, we do see that integer pricing being very psychologically important to, to customers. So we're going 380 on a new beer, and we're hoping we can get traction with it. So uh, you're almost doing a, a bait and switch there, aren't you? You're sort of uh, switching one in and, and bumping the other one up. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Mm, mm. And, and Yarek, I mean, what, what are you doing? Because when we, we chatted on social, you said you, your customers are, are very resistant. So how are you how are you handling the situation? Yeah, I mean, Scunthorpe's a bit of a beast unto itself. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a classic working town. Um, and I want to use the phrase, people value the pound in a pocket very, very highly. Um, and it, and it, I always revert back to something that a guest said to me the other week when we'd completely sold out of Prosecco. One of those things where, like, everyone was buying Prosecco. It doesn't happen. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm really, really sorry about that. Um, you know, but I don't really just want to go to Tesco and buy some and bring it in. And, and she looked me dead in the eye and she said, I don't care about the quality or where you get it from. I just want to pay you for a drink. And I was like, wow, that's... So you really... Like, we're, we're all about, look, it's Budweiser, Budweiser on tap. It's using really, really cool and interesting products when we're making cocktails and what have you and trying to really integrate what they're doing in much bigger and better venues um, to what we're doing. But a lot, of the, a lot of the customers that we have are going, it's the price of the pint that we're, we're, we're talking about here. It's the price of the drink. And regardless of the quality, regardless of what you've done in it, um, we for a lack of a better word we don't really care yeah um, we want that value for that money if we're choosing to go to your venue and give you that money we want the absolute most that we can get for it so we we went from being sort of between 8.50 and 9.50 a cocktail and 4.50 to a five or a beer to doing a little bit of funny marketing and did a, a little bit of a Weatherspoons um, uh, price match if you will and we went down to between three fifty and four pound a beer, and then the cocktails anywhere between five pound and, and eight pound. And it made a world of difference. Um, but then, as other venues have been able to creep their prices up, and people around here can see, oh, actually, not everything does cost nothing, um, like at Weatherspoons, which is always everybody's answer. Um, we've been able to do that a, a little bit too. Um, so it's you're constantly playing off of, of, of what's around you because it's so hard to to set a, a precedent of no this is the price and this is what we're doing because people will just turn around and go well we're not paying so how Bye. have you how have you absorbed the costs then because you I mean things aren't getting cheaper for you to lower your prices in the face of that that's, that's you, is it volume are you just doing more people um 
Yes, and, and, and a lot of what we get is, oh, we've not been here before because it looks a little bit posh, so we've been put off by, again, people of Scunthorpe are put off by coming here because they think it's posh. Yeah. And it's like, no, look, I'm a grubby little guy from the town. I was born in the hospital <laughs> down the road. I just, I just, I just, That's I want how I a describe pint of Budvar, hey. and I don't want a pint of cowling as delicious as cowling mm. is to some people. Like, I don't want that. I'm sorry. Um, and I have to apologise daily for not having it. Um, um, so yeah, we've we've had to absorb it in different ways. Whether it's cutting down of people hours, um, changing of, 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 of the hours that were open, um, it's probably been one of the, one of the bigger ones. Um, the amount of days that were open, um, but also then just being a little bit cuter with our purchasing as well. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop suppliers or anything like that, but ours yeah, has fine. been. Um, uh, we use LWC, and um, our rep Richard has just been absolutely outstanding um, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how much it means and again from a, from a sales background within the drinks industry myself um, I've kind of given up on, on reps and things but they've, they've been great lots of support whether it's for the draft whether it's with spirits and things like that um, and I think they've absorbed a lot of it themselves as well because again we've only maybe seen maybe a 10-11% price increase um, from them which is fantastic like I, I couldn't ask anymore because I know other venues that are, uh, are using different suppliers and they're some of their prices are going up like 25 30% and it's not even like a negotiation that is your price it comes down to relationships I guess doesn't it we, we, we talked about this with other people as well and, and if you, you work in partnership with your suppliers then you might be able to get some kind of deals or, or, or support or help that maybe you wouldn't have got previously I mean Ollie you're, 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 you're adamant in terms of you know you've, you, you're passing it on how, how is that going down what are, what's it like I mean you, you said you've got a, a fairly diverse mix of, of of operations is are you seeing different reactions in different venues yeah i mean we do i don't spend a lot of time advertising my prices mm. um i don't have the weather spoons effect affecting me I, I don't have you know a a price for a pipe next door um and i think i, I think one of the things that's really helped us post post code is just move to credit cards we're, we were sort of 85 percent credit cards now and I honestly don't see people looking at the terminal. They are they're tapping and going. And, yeah. and I think there is a slight there is a slight invisibility to um, to to the price increases because of that. And you know, people aren't giving a tenner and, and expecting an amount of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm and I'm working on the basis that we've that we've got to keep the quality right, we've got to keep the service right, we've got to keep the staff levels right, we've got to keep the environment right. And if we do all of that and we keep all that to a high standard then we're actually giving something for that money mm-hmm. and we're making it we're giving people an experience and, I, and as challenging as frightening as this is I do think good businesses is a time to thrive and, and it, it is not going to be without its challenges but I think now is a time to thrive and, and if really you only if the only lever you have is selling carling cheap then, then, then maybe that ain't maybe that ain't where the market is nowadays I mean, because because yeah, you know, I agree. But you know, Budvar and Peroni and these products, <clears throat> stuff with is, a perception of quality and cocktails and what have you, is, they they have a they have a different price bracket, yeah. and people are willing to pay for it. 
it, it's true. I mean, we, and we were talking about this earlier, yeah. Heath and I, and, and Nicky, and around this kind of thing. You know, is he, the 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 whole model is are we seeing a real evolution, a shift in the pub model? You know, being in that value market is that the place to be? I know we, we, with, yeah. when you hit a recession, you kind of want you always sort of look. You know, it's the top and the bottom that do well, and the middle gets squeezed. Yeah. But is that bottom sustainable now? Because people are benchmarking against supermarkets. Weatherspoons is competing with supermarkets. Is it sustainable? Do we think? No, no, not, not with the no. not with the running costs. You know, staff costs at ten percent, supplier costs at ten, fifteen, twenty percent. You know, utility costs at several hundred percent. You, mm. you, you can't be making pennies in a pint because you can't sell enough pints. Yeah, mm. I, I was always told to try and keep your um, your wages are anywhere between 20 and 25 percent of your of your turnover. That is a, a reasonable amount. So we've tried to to do that. Whereas the the weather students down the road, which is essentially a school hall with loads of chairs in, you know, with two pound, two pound fifty pints, and you know, giving everything away, um, this is like sixty percent. How much? Um, sixty percent. Wage bill. Mm. Uh, yeah, of, of, of their turnover. Um, it's be. huge. And, um, no, 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 no. I, I, honestly, I, I assure you, it was huge. And this is a venue that was turning over um, between twenty-five and, and, and forty thousand a week. And and they're hitting going, a sixty percent wage bill on a twenty-five. Say, say thirty-five they were, a week. They were essentially when. So we, we were the first venue in this town to, to offer ten pounds an hour for wages for bar staff, even eighteen-year-olds. And then it lost its gloss after a month because we closed because of the second lockdown. And then everyone was creeping up and everyone was concerned about staff. And so Weatherspoons are like, there's £10 an hour, you're at Spoons. And the amount of staff they had was absolutely phenomenal. And um, you, you couldn't then compete with it. And then staff were coming here because they didn't enjoy it. And what don't you like? It was like, well, it's it's too busy. I want somewhere a bit more quiet. And I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you want, isn't it? It's a vote of confidence I, in the business. I, I, I kind of want to be busy as well. But, you know, it's <laughs> the world that we're living in. Um, but Ollie, Ollie hit the nail on the head there where he, where he was on about like it doesn't want to be focused around you know the, 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 the price and what you're doing um, but again I think within a smaller town like this I think if we was anywhere else um, we'd not we'd not be seeing the issues that we are um, but certainly what I would class as a working town like Scunthorpe you know it, it was it was literally only Sunday Budweiser Budvar oh is that like a cheaper version of Budweiser is it <laughs> <laughs> and you go in, and again, I don't want to sit there and having to explain anything and this and the other. And you just go in, well, this is tough. This is really, really tough. And he is never going to want to pay four pound fifty for a pint. He's just not going to do it. Um, so it's where where you can then. Um, so we've started doing pizzas. We've got a pizza oven. We're doing pizzas, and we've started doing a couple of hundred pizzas a week, which has made again that's made a difference to us. Um, but it was an interesting article that you guys actually did uh, about staff having to be multi multi skilled, um, and and you know we've got young little Mercedes and she's putting pizzas together I'm like where did you learn this she was oh I used to make pizzas on Roblox it's exactly the same <laughs> it's exactly the same and I'm going wow game. Yeah. So who needs to cater in college and who needs this is you know little Mercedes there she's learning how to make pizzas on Roblox this is brilliant I, I'm not there's gonna, my training I'm, I'm going to stop discouraging my kids from playing like that and that's obviously no, uh, exactly. there's lot, lot well, of skills no, to be that has, that, that has then helped us and brought us in a different crowd that have gone mm. again like we've not been here before this is great and we've not seen it before and like, do pizzas we, we, like we heard Roblox. it was a bit posh or this that and the other but um, 
I, I don't know how long Ollie uh, has, 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 has been in the trade. I imagine it's a lot longer than myself. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can I can eventually get to a stage like he is, where it is very much this is the plan and this is what we're sticking with and this is what um, we're doing. But I think we've got to be that little bit more flexible. Um, at the moment, anyway. Yeah, and Colin, I mean, how how are you finding? What are your what what are the reactions from your your customers at the moment? I mean, we actually only put our prices up yesterday, but we did uh, have a, a letter that was available for everybody to read. And as I said before, I think people are expecting them, and people will will pay in in our area. But we've just got to make sure we're not taking advantage of them. Mm. So that's making sure we've got exceptional service, good choice of products, and just know that our customers are feeling it too it's not just the trade we know yeah. we know from Everyone. our own energy bills at home and what our shopping costs and yeah yeah so it's it's having that empathy with the customer and making sure that they appreciate the value you are giving to them mm. and I, I totally agree with what was said before in terms of brands at more of the bottom end value end is is probably a race to the bottom because mm. they're now very generic and available everywhere so you've got to differentiate and, and one final question I'm just conscious the time the promotions it are promotions something you consider is that a viable uh, a viable thing in in the current environment um maybe ollie maybe you start with that one are you are you, are you looking at doing any promotions yeah we are we are going back to sort of old-fashioned old price tiering where it'll be cheaper on a tuesday lunchtime mm. than it will be on a saturday evening because where where is the sensitivity and so and so where we where we are trying to really focus on value, we'll do that. So the Tuesday the Tuesday lunchtime drinkers are are more comfortable and maybe and maybe slightly subsidised by the Saturday night drinkers who are less sensitive. Um, so there's there's a bit of that going on. They'll be they'll be losing stuff. You know, I I I, I think um, I think maybe different measures of stuff. So we're looking at, you know, do you do doubles if you do 35 mil? Do you do schooners opposed to pints? You know, do you, do you find different ways with different price points in? So there's, so there's, there's lots of offers for people and, you know, and, and, and try and keep it slightly opaque because there's already been said, people are expecting a price rise. Don't, don't abuse people. Don't, don't, they can't pay for all our pain and nor should they. We've got to take some of it, but, but, but they want us here in years to come and you know and although I clearly must look very old to be sad here as the oldest person on the podcast he called it out um, you know I, I want to be here I want to be here another 20 years time you know doing this so so I, I think I think keeping the business viable is important and, and accepting like L, LWC have done that they can't solve it all with one price rise it's about long term it's about relationships and if we're all still viable in a year's time and two years time then guess what the pendulum will swing the other way and the customers you know and the world will be an easier place again absolutely and you don't look a day over 85 Ollie so let's uh, let's just get it less yes (laughs) (laughs) Colin promotions yes or no So very similar, but we've recently uh, signed up to having an app, so it's unique to our company and our our tills. So that allows us to be very, very close to promotions, almost tailor them individually, or certainly individually to different user groups. So all the things that uh, Ollie mentioned and all the things that we're well aware of, the trade's been doing things like this for years and years, but but we're able to call it an appy hour with uh, having the app. So... And it allows, us, it allows us also to look after our regulars, so a walk-up price might be when someone isn't really bothered, they're just dropping on a random pub, mm. 
but uh, they, they will pay a little bit more yeah. whereas our regulars who, who purchase more from us it's like Supplier, isn't it? The more you buy, the cheaper it should be. Absolutely. So, so trying to look long term and trying to build relationships that allows us to communicate with people directly. So, there's a lot of wins uh, yeah. from there for us. Absolutely. And Yarek, what about you on promotions? Um, we used to be against promotions, uh, and then we started doing a few just to test the waters with them. You know, your two for twelves, two for tens, and and things like that. We did do a cocktail promotion called Five Till Five, so all day, every day, cocktails would be five pound till five o'clock. Um, and, it, and it genuinely didn't make a great bit of difference to, to the people coming in. It was strange, and it was very much like, well, no, no, no. What you don't understand is we, did, we don't have a problem paying eight pound a cocktail. <laughs> We want it at this time on this day. We don't want to come on a Wednesday at three o'clock when it's raining. Um, there's a load of joker users across the road there that are a bit unsavoury and looking to cause a little bit of hassle. And, and we're going, yeah, I don't know what to say to you, really. I kind of get it. Um, so then you're on the phone to the council saying, look, I don't want to drop my beer price anymore. Can you help me? Um, a little bit um, it's, it's it's honestly it's it's but like Ollie, Ollie hit the nail on the head it's, it's, it's not for our customers to feel sorry for us give us handouts or anything like that it's for us to come up with unique and different ways of being able to generate um, new business work closer with our suppliers as well um, you said about it being building them relationships and, and, and with our regulars and again like you just said a second ago as well with our regulars making sure they're still seeing that great value where new people that are coming in and they're seeing us for the first time they they see straight away that this isn't just a cheap nasty place like yeah. down the road or whatever this is quality this is brilliant these staff are trained up to an amazing level um, you know they've got roadblocks on the go it's fantastic <laughs> spinning them pieces you know and um and, and, and yes, I think it's an amalgamation of what everybody has, yeah. has, has, has said here and just kind of keep having each other's back a little bit and, 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 and try and work closer with um, councils and things as well just to help us out that little bit when we need it in terms of, you know, hours opening and things like that, perhaps, I don't know. Cool, brilliant. Okay, guys, we are out of time. We're over time, but never mind. It was really interesting. So thank you very much for that. Really appreciate your time and thoughts. This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball, and Nikki Thatcher. We're looking at the challenges pubs are facing around pricing right now and how consumers are reacting. So to help us look into that with more of a consumer focus, we've got the fantastic Tom Stainer, Chief Executive of one of the UK leading consumer groups, Camera, and Carl Jessel from CGA, who knows everything there is to know about consumer trends. So thanks for joining us, guys. I'm like loving the, the face that Carl is now pulling because I've just <laughs> set him up on a pedestal store we'll knock him off that in a minute but uh, <laughs> Tom let's start with you I mean uh, everything that's going on there's been a lot of talk about uh, prices and uh, price of a pint and all this kind of thing how are your members reacting what are they what are they sort of saying about the situation I think the really important thing to say is all our members are desperate to support pubs mm. but what we are increasingly hearing from them is it, it has just become an unaffordable luxury for them so they're really having to count the pennies and and just the thought of going out one night a week a pint or two pints for people on low incomes is really making them have to question whether they can afford that so however much they want to support the industry um, they're finding it incredibly difficult and the other important thing is that they realise that it's not the licensee's fault you know we're mm. in this horrible spiral at the moment where 
pubs know they can't put up prices to a certain extent because people just won't come through the doors but they need to cover their costs the breweries that are supplying them need to cover their costs and customers are just saying we just cannot afford this we get to a point where we can't afford more than one two pints a week perhaps mm-hmm. and i mean caspier as well i mean it's it, it, an extra pressure isn't it i mean caspier generally is well, we talk about this a lot sort of sold too cheaply uh, as it is um and and with these price increases that's got to be it, it's going to be putting that category under under quite a bit of pressure yeah and and there's two this is a, a kind of a, a two-pronged attack on caspier first of all we came out of covid and a lot of people were very nervous about caspier because they had to pour a lot of their way it doesn't have the same shelf life as everyone knows as as other products so when they came back from covid and they were reopening a lot of licensees were saying well i don't want to take the risk on cask because if i don't sell it within three days or whatever happens that's a, a very risky product for me mm. um and then as you rightly point out you know caspier um it's an artisan product um it has a lot more production costs in some cases it's maybe made by smaller people who are less able to sorry i mean smaller businesses rather than smaller people but <laughs> <laughs> less able to we're all looking absorb. at Heath and Nicky much less able to absorb those rising costs that, that maybe much bigger organizations can mm. So, so yeah, it's been a really difficult time for cast breweries, and, and you'll have seen everyone over the industry will have seen you know the, the horribly depressing news on social media almost on a daily basis of another brewery shutting up shop, yeah. um, alongside other pubs reducing hours or finding other ways to try to make their business viable. Yeah, no, it, it's tough. I mean, you mentioned earlier you sort of your 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 members understand the the reasons for the price they're not blaming the licensees do they understand the difference between the on and the off trade though because that, that's another conundrum that pubs do struggle with isn't it you know why are you charging so much it's cheaper in the supermarket do, is, is that something that that, that that is understood do you think yeah of, of course yeah traditionally it has been understood you know there are certain reasons why the off trade is cheaper and one of the, the things that cameras campaigned for for a long time to try to change that that golf in price because a lot of the the costs are due to to things like duty and tax and, mm-hmm. and business rates um and you could make it a more level playing field but as i said right at the start of this however much you understand it if you're looking at the small amount of disposable income you have yeah. in your pocket and you look at the price of you know four bottles of beer to have a nice evening in from the supermarket compared to four pints of beer to have arguably a much nicer evening but it, it just becomes unsustainable for a lot of consumers they they can't justify them that to themselves anymore no the no. problem i've got is it's cheaper to drink at home but i've got wife and children at home <laughs> so I, i'd rather spend 200 quid at the pub <laughs> And, and, and you're lucky that you can afford to do as, uh, yeah. as a poor, impoverished uh, publican. Um, it's, uh, it's, um, you're a good example of that. Um, let, let's bring in Carl here. Um, no pressure, Carl. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are you seeing? What are you seeing operators doing on price at the moment? What, what's been the general trends, would you say? Um, well, I mean, the general trend is they're having to pass on some of the cost. Um, so that's, that's unmistakable, really. I think they're actually absorbing a lot of the cost. Um, so... In essence, the cost pressures are coming from obviously energy prices, they're coming from increased people costs and obviously the cost of goods coming in. So we've got sort of food price inflation from our, our latest data running at 20% year on year. From a, from a drinks perspective, you know, the brewers are obviously facing increased costs themselves and they put through kind of cost increases of maybe around 7% in spring when typically it might be 3 to 5%. Some of them have put through secondary increases later in the year we're also dialing back some of the discount mechanisms like retros. So cost pressures are huge. 
So therefore, they're having to pass on some of that. And, uh, and I think, you know, as, as has been said, consumers understand that, but that doesn't make it any easier. Um, no. Generally, they're passing on less than arguably they want to maintain their profitability. So we're seeing from our EPOS data, so this is more the managed side, the costs through the year on a lot of core items have gone up seven to nine percent. Um, How much? You know, from up between seven and nine. Okay. Um, range across a number of core products. It obviously varies, but these are some of the more popular products. When we asked business leaders in October, so a slightly different time frame, they were talking about menu prices being up, food menu prices being up around 13%, drink prices around 11%. So, you know, there, there are slightly different data points, but in essence, you know, we're seeing significant prices, but actually, you know, it's all in the backdrop of clearly a high inflationary environment. So as I said, operators are really, really getting squeezed. So where do you see things going and what, what sort of predictions are, are you guys uh, anticipating? I think for the short term, I think we are going to continue to see price increases. Obviously, it's quite a difficult question to answer because a lot of the factors are, are out of, certainly out of operators' hands. Mm. It's actually macroeconomic conditions. We've obviously, depends on what Bank of England do about interest rates. It, Rishi Shunak was talking about halving inflation next year. Mm. Bank of England forecasts are saying it could take 12 months before it comes down to more manageable levels. So I think we will see the level of increase start to, mm. to dip, but it's still going to be inflation. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the challenge. As I say, the extent of it is going to depend on so many factors like the war. Here's, here's my thing, though. We, we can't absorb the costs. If we all carry on absorbing the costs, we're all in trouble. If it's going to carry on going up, we're going to get to the point where we're actually losing a lot of money really quick. And then you'll have to whack up costs massively. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've just got to keep too. on pricing correct. Yeah. You've just got to keep on increasing constantly yeah. all the time. And I think, and obviously deliver on experience, which is you know, to the point about off-trade versus on-trade, that's what the, the on-trade does in state and pubs uh, often good great experiences whether that's with your family or away from your family is, is another matter yeah. but um, and, and sadly we, we are going to see closures and, and, and to a point you know that profitability is, is, is people are offering on really really thin margins already because I don't think there's anything more that can be taken out of that mm. we saw in our Q3 data we lost 2,200 licensed venues and you know that that's that's really tough when we're kind of and how many how, yeah, how many did we gain? We lost 2,200? Have we, we got any... So that's in, that's in net terms. So um, basically that's, that's in net terms. Yeah, that's not replaced. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how are consumers reacting at the moment? What sort of the trends are you seeing within, within the consumer space? Um, we're seeing that consumers... I mean, again, this is, these issues around cost are nothing to do with consumers' love of the sector. So... Demand is softening a little bit, so there are some people that can't afford to go out. You know that that, that point was made clearly, and, and particularly those more habitual occasions, maybe going for a, one or two pints on a on a Wednesday evening. So people are maybe focusing more on the treat mindset and going out on the weekend off of the slightly bigger occasions. So generally, the most engaged consumers are continuing to go out. So it's still seen as an affordable treat, but obviously for some people's personal and family balance sheets are such that they're having to cut back you know it's it's discretionary at the end of the day but you know as I said consumers do do want to go out I think they understand the predicament that, that many publicans are facing um, and want to support the sector um, so I, I guess um, that's that's the hope to hold on to that, that yeah. unfortunately because these, these issues are, are external really sales are, are up 
um, from our profit tracker to four or five percent over the last three months versus 2019. Mm. But again, in real terms, that's down. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to be too negative, but as I said, continue to do what's fine. We, we have heat for that. It's uh, it's fine. I'm Captain, just tell the truth. Captain negative. Just tell um, the truth. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's important that we tell the truth, obviously. That's what the data is telling us. Yeah. But as I said, the demand is still there. It's just, it's affordability is the question. Yeah. And, and Tom, just conscious of time here, I mean, in terms of your your members and, 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 and camera and, and consumers generally, what do you think operators should be should be doing to to appeal to, to try and maintain business to keep your, your guys coming in? I, th- I think it's, it's fairly simple business now, isn't it, that when people are really watching their discretionary spend, you really have to give them value for money. If, if they're really thinking, this is my one night out of the week or this is my one pint of the week, they're going to be looking for something special. They're not going to accept half measures. They're not going to accept something ubiquitous and standard they could get anywhere. So they want something special. They want to feel that, that it is worth spending that money on a pint. It's worth going down the pub rather than sitting in their living room yeah. watching sport and drinking cheap tins from the supermarket. So it's about quality. It's about experience. It's about all those other things which, which you know, we talk about a lot and we think it's simple, but so many people get it wrong. So it's customer service. Yeah. It's, it's having a welcoming environment. It's communicating with your customers so they know what they're going to get when they go through the door because people are much more choosy now. They're not just going to have a sort of a, an impromptu pint out. They might look online. They might see what you've got to offer offer what the food offering is looking like uh, what the offers you are making on beers and, and food um so i think just need to work harder to convince people that yeah it's worth twice or three times the money to come to me to have a drink have some food rather than doing it far cheaper at your house yeah or provide Heath with a bolt hole from his wife as the uh, <laughs> option on that but guys thank you very much that we are out of time but really appreciate your thoughts and views sir This is the Lock-In Podcast and we're talking about rising prices and how pubs can handle those. Now, one of the reasons that prices are rising and not the only one is the increases being passed on by the brewers. Heineken have been particularly singled out for having instigated three price rises in the last 11 months alone. Uh, but oddly enough, they didn't respond to our invites to join uh, and talk about it, which uh, I, was, I was very surprised at that. But um, Fortunately, however, we have found another brewer willing to step up and discuss, discuss the issue, and that's the fantastic fantastic Rupert Thompson of Hogsback Brewery. So thank you for joining us, Rupert. That's a pleasure, Ed. So I'm a little worried now you've mentioned that. I'm not going to be able to explain uh, why Heineken have increased three times in the last year. I have to say we haven't, sadly. Excellent. Good, good, good. No, I'm not, not expecting you to be an apologist for, uh, for Heineken or, or, or explain their actions, but I have muzzled Heath, so we're, we're fine on that front. So, I mean, Rupert, as a representative of the evil empire, sorry, I mean the brewing sector, um, what, what sort of challenges are the brewers facing at the moment? You know, we are seeing everyone having to increase prices. What, what's driving that for, for you guys, would you say? Um, well, I, I think probably, Ed, um, it's, a, it's very well publicised. I mean, you, the reason behind it, of course, is is the factors that everybody knows. Primarily, I have to say, energy and the Ukraine war and the effect on grain prices and various other raw materials. And I suppose even going back further than that, there was a lot of problems with the dislocation resulting from the pandemic. Mm. Um, but... If you want to be more specific, I mean, the the brewers have faced an absolute deluge of price increases across the range. Energy has been an absolute killer, Mm. um, and energy is a very important part of our our cost base. Mm. Um, 
and that's gone up. Well, if we've been, some people have been very lucky and managed to fix in for a period of time, but others haven't. And if you haven't, you could be looking at two and a half times increases in prices. We've we've actually been lucky with one of our uh, feedings, uh, and and we're we're locked in, and we're paying about twenty five pence per kilowatt hour, I think. Jeez. And then we've got another one which is fifty pence per kilowatt hour. So it's twice the price. Um, that's the first thing. I, I guess uh, a very important part of beer is is malt. And uh, barley prices have gone up massively. Uh, but again, an, a, a knock-on effect of, of, of the war in Ukraine, actually, and therefore grain prices. There have been harvest issues, but as I understand it, it is mainly grain prices. And it's wheat prices in Europe, and it's knock-on effect uh, around the world. Mm. Um, so that's a big issue. You've then got factors like CO2, and you, I mean, it's again, it's very well known that CO2 prices, which had already almost doubled, then had a 300% premium applied to them for a period of time. Now, mm-hmm. those prices are coming down at the moment, but they're still horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I've, I've covered a number of the items. I'll tell you what, one of the good news is that water hasn't gone up by anything like as much. <laughs> If that's oh, any consolation, you've just ruined it now. You've jinxed it. <laughs> and actually, uh, water is, of course, 95% of beer uh, content. But sadly, so it therefore, work. No, no, the price shouldn't really go up that much, then, should it? If it's uh, well, uh, quite. <laughs> but I, I'm afraid the world doesn't work like that. No, it's um, it is a deluge. And, and then, of course, you have got um, uh, you've got uh, labour prices going up. Mm. But I have to say, we have. And many brewers have, have actually been trying to hold those. And, I mean, that's really difficult for our teams as well at the moment. Yes. So it, it, it's, um, it's not easy. No. I mean, are you, are you absorbing any of these costs? Um, I mean, that, that's certainly something that I, I think pubs are finding hard to, hard to deal with when the, when the costs are just simply passed on wholesale and then they're expected to kind of either try and shield the consumer. Are you guys sort of absorbing any of those costs at all? Yeah, yourself? I mean, mm. uh, yes, we are. And uh, uh, I mean, we haven't actually put our prices up since March of this year. Mm. And, uh, and that was a very modest price increase. So, yes, we have absorbed them, but that's causing a problem, Ed. Mm. I mean, our margins are, are, are very poor at the moment. Mm-hmm. They've worsened very significantly. And it doesn't take long when you're seeing this that you start losing money. You, you simply cannot absorb these sorts of scales of price increases. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, we're, out, we're out of business if we don't do that. So, you know, I think we really... I mean, we are very careful and very sympathetic, I suppose, because we're very close to our customers. You know, we know how it hurts them and uh, it hurts all of us. Um, But, you know, if we don't do something at some point, we will be putting up our prices. uh, Well, we are probably going to put our prices up in March. We may have to put them up sooner than that. Mm. Um, It will not be on the scale that one or two of the globals have put their prices up, but it will still be significant. Right. And, um, you know, we're just doing our best to hold the prices where we can. Yeah. I mean, March is traditionally the time when when we see increases coming through from from the breweries. Generally, I mean, is that? It, I guess that that's an all. But you're expecting that's going to be much higher than it would have been traditionally. Well, I mean, to be honest, the last few years price increases were almost zero, because uh, I mean, one one other factor we haven't mentioned is interest rates. And you might argue interest rates 
have little to do with it, but actually longer term they do because that affects the cost of capital. It affects the whole of business in all in so many different ways, and it affects business finance. Mm. Um, but um, uh, no, we we will have to put our prices up, and we will not put them up as much as the. Uh, I mean, I expect high single digit. Uh, price increase and by the way just I mean there's, there's talk about well hang on you treat the off trade differently from the on trade but we, yes. we will try not to do that uh, we will try to go and put the same price up across the board because that is fairer but you must remember that of course the on and off and I'm, I'm sure everybody's aware of this but the on and off work on very different margin structures mm. I mean uh, uh, the off trade will be adding uh, between 20 and 30 percent to their prices uh, as, as their margin, depending on whether they're talking about very large moving, uh, large brands, very fast moving brands, or smaller niche brands. Whereas, it, you know, the the the, the, um, the on trade will have to have margins of 50 to 60 percent at least in order to uh, be able to cover all their costs. Um, so there's totally different margin structures. I mean, that is the perception, isn't it? There's always that kind of that the, the, the breweries aren't spreading the load fairly enough because they've they sort of the perception of pubs obviously put a, a vast amount on their pint because they've like you say they've got those margins and the retailers seem to hold steady. Do you think you you said you're you're spreading it across both? You're going to give the same price increase to to off and on trade. Is that generally a consensus among your your colleagues in in the brewing sector, or or, or you do you think you're different in that? Well, the first thing I'd say is that we, we cannot be precise about this because every relationship mm. has a different mm. contractual arrangement attached to it. And, and there's, you know, I, I mean, frankly, much as I'd like it, Hogsback is not able to tell Tesco what prices they're going to charge. <laughs> uh, that day will come, Ed, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah, the so um, yeah. we do have to recognise that as a very small brewer, we are essentially a price taker. There is a mechanic, you know, if you are a very large global player, you have a bit more of a, you are a price maker as much as a price taker. You can actually influence things differently. Um, we can't. We, we have to essentially follow the market. We're small, we follow the market. Um, so what, when I talk about, uh, you know, brewers' price increases, you must recognise that uh, I'm only a small brewer. It is so different when you're talking about the big players. And it depends on your contracts between on and off, which, whether you're going through a pubco or you're dealing direct with uh, a licensee. There's a lot of other factors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to generalise. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heath, you're, you're with Green King at the Red Line. Have you, what, what's been your experience on? I haven't really seen much, to be honest. I, like, I don't know. Like, you know. I'm sure that this prices i think there has been but i just put my prices up mm. you know i'm not absorbing that you, know, you just pass it straight along yeah gone are the days where I'd, I'd, I'd feel guilty for making good profit nah screw that man like it's eight quid a pint <laughs> if you don't want it go somewhere else fair enough same on the wine though yeah, <laughs> he's a wine buff. I eight eight quid a pint, did you say? I was joking, but yeah, my wish was because I want your address. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Tesco's. There's <laughs> pubs in Highgate, and you can yeah. get away with it. Um, Rupert, I mean, what what advice would you give to to operators then in terms of sort of dealing with with these increases? I mean, do you, do you have any kind of words of wisdom uh, that for them at all? I I. I'd, I'd be a little loath to advise people who 
probably know far better how to manage this. And, you know, every licensee, frankly, has to judge these things for themselves. I, I do think it is important, sadly, that you do pass these increases through. Mm. You've got to be terribly careful. If you, uh, if you don't, if you try and absorb too much, you may not be in business. Yeah. Um, because, and just as I was saying, for us as brewers, your margin slims to the point you suddenly wake up one day and realize you're losing money. Yeah. And um, so you've got to pass it on. I think there are lots of pricing techniques that you can use to, um, to uh, ease that. You know, for instance, you might have some headline uh, formats, uh, product areas uh, that are less price sensitive and others where you um, which are more price sensitive and you may therefore uh, not pass on the increases across your whole range uh, you may also look at uh, promotional pricing by time of day or by uh, uh, by um, day of, of week there are lots of uh, techniques for uh, differing prices which historically have not been used yeah. uh, but dynamic pricing environment you could actually do that yeah. um, that's something that, his, that that might change in the future um, uh, and, and I think promotional activity generally trying to find ways of adding value to your, for your customers that haven't cost you so much this by the way is where you if you have a close relationship with a brewer you know they may be able to help you in those ways there are sometimes ways in which they can bring some value by you know you need to sit down with them and talk to them and just see if between the two of you you can work out ways uh, where you could jointly add some value or modify the way you're passing on the price increases that by the way applies to Food suppliers, yeah, wines, whole lot. Absolutely. You know, beer is just one of many yes. uh, input costs that are hitting poor old pub uh, licensees at the moment. And I mean, it is a nightmare. Mm. Uh, I, you know, this is the very worst of times because you've got post Christmas blues, you've got nobody coming to the pub. And then on top of that, there are the, the price increases mm. continue. Yeah. So I have every sympathy, and I'm not. I haven't got perfect. I haven't got a silver bullet here. Nobody does, unfortunately. No, no, brilliant. Okay, Rupert. Well, we are out of time, but thank you very much. That really appreciate That's you coming on and uh, and putting that, that those views across. So, thank you. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Nikki Thatcher and Heath Ball. We're focusing on the pricing situation pubs are facing and the rampant increases in costs. But with a cost of living crisis and the consumer desire to see a sale in January, are promotions viable and a way forward for pubs? We've got Legal Wiz and uh, Panto expert Andy Grimsey with us here today. Uh, joining us from Poppleson, Alan. Uh, you'll find out why I said that when you listen to the beginning of the podcast, Andy, but there we go. I'll leave that as a surprise uh, to tell us what the legal challenges around promotions might be. So thank you for joining us, Andy. Oh, thank you for having me. Always, and, uh, always I'll... a pleasure. Good. So um, before we get into legal challenges, um, firstly, Heath, uh, when are you launching your uh, January sale? Um, buy one lobster, get one free? I'm not doing... I, I just think it devalues your brand. Mm. I go the other way. I always, I always run the other way. When everybody else is going that way, I'm like, fuck that. And I see pubs around me going, oh, 50% off this, and we'll give you this and that. I'm like, I think people, there's still a, a lot of people still have money in society, and they don't want 
they want they want the value. Yeah, yeah at least well, they do like it. They want value, yeah. but they want to they want to eat a lobster. They want to have fun. So I'll do lobsters cheap. You know what I mean? I'll so you want them cheap? Well, not cheap, but cheaper than a West End like Mayfair seafood restaurant. Would you do them cheaper than you normally do them? No, I always, I, I'm always big on value. I just think it's got to be, you know, I, mean, I want people to come and have a good time, but I wouldn't, I don't, I never, work on, I never work on crazy margins. Mm. I, it's all about, for me, I just want to be busy and I want people to eat good food. I don't want them to be, you know, coming in there and going, oh, God, it's only eight quid for a burger. I mean, I wasn't expecting a sensible response to that, so it's like disappointing. But um, uh, we, we've seen spoons, they're selling pints for, for 99p, and while well, most operators can't even think about matching that, some will be considering a drinks promotion uh, to drive the dry January drinkers off the wagon. Sorry, I mean dry footfall. Um, Andy, um, what, are you, uh, what, what are the pitfalls around drinks promotion? What should operators be thinking about if they're thinking, you know what, I'm going to do a happy hour, I'm going to do a two for one? What, what, what should they be thinking about? Well, uh, as always, it comes down to the, the, the four licensing objectives under the Licensing Act. Uh, we always talk about the licensing objectives, but that's what it comes down to. Um, I, I, I think since the mandatory conditions banning irresponsible drinks promotions, and I'll talk about those in a bit more detail in a second, came in um, several years ago now, the days of the sort of wild west some of some towns where you know you could literally buy pints for 10 pence mm. don't know how they, the pubs financed it but you could uh, a long gone quite rightly quite rightly too um and you know the vast majority of licensees know how to promote the licensing objectives and comply with conditions on their license but essentially that, you mustn't have an irresponsible drinks promotion. What does that mean? Well, uh, there are some categories. You cannot have any sort of drinking game uh, at all. Uh, that, that's an outright ban. You can have happy hours as long as they're not excessive. Not too so happy. Again, this, uh, yeah, Slightly not too happy hours. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so they're perfectly acceptable, but just it, you know, it, it has to be uh, a responsibly run um, uh, happy hour. You can't have um, people dispensing alcohol directly into customers' mouths. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> hey, see you listening. You know, yeah, just yeah. in case anybody was thinking of doing it. So I, I, I use those two: the, the drinking games and the, uh, and the dispensing directly into customers' mouths as examples of the two outright bans, because those are the only two things that are completely. Bad. What about if you add a food item in, like a goldfish? <laughs> Well, and they do it laid back with tequila and goldfish because my hometown used to do that. I, I'm Isn't sorry. They? You, they, what, they put the goldfish in your yeah, drink? Yeah, you like, I'm from New Zealand in well, like, the Australian. 1980s and stuff. It was Australian. And you used to you used to be able to buy a shot of tequila and you'd swallow a goldfish at the same time in a layback chair in, in West Auckland. A live goldfish? Yep. Listen, it's New Zealand. We're still catching up. We're getting TV. I'm, 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 I'm going to go out on the limb here, Andy, but I'm guessing that that's probably not allowed. It's a food item, though. It's it's interesting. I'm, I'm struggling to think on the uh, on the licensing objectives where <laughs> goldfish or other uh, uh, maritime sort of wildlife would would feature. Uh, I don't think it would go down very very well with um, with most uh, licensing officers. I was going to say. I think you might find the RSPCA coming after you as yeah. well. And that's, uh, what a, but he does seem to with lobsters. Yeah, yeah. you could try a down in one lobster. We do them humanely. <laughs> they're, they're humanely right. killed. We don't try and eat them live. No, okay. <laughs> Good. I mean, we seem to go after a weird tangent, but yeah, anyway, but so... Is, but well, we the, do. And here's the and, thing, and, you know, Andy. It is, it is relevant because they do, you know, there's a lot of advice about if you, if you are serving alcohol to provide food and if the goldfish 
features yes. uh, as Genius. food, then, then you might be able to get away with it. There we go. But, you know, on a slightly more serious note, mm. please. You know, the, the sort of the sort of promotion that we've been talking about with with Weatherspoons, ninety nine pence a pint. Yes, yeah. that's that's cheap, um, but. Uh, is it having a significant risk on uh, on one of the licensing objectives? That's the test. Uh, and we know with Weatherspoons, they're generally very well run. The staff are, are trained. Um, uh, unless there is absolute mayhem going on, that is unlikely mm. uh, in any way, shape or form to be considered a, an irresponsible drink promotion. Mm. Uh, so, you know, e- e- each promotion is treated on its own, own facts, quite frankly. So, and, and coming back because I did actually have a point around food. So, food does add a different dynamic into it. Then, how if you were running a, a sort of uh, buy a pizza, get a pint for fifty p? I mean, what what's acceptable within those kind of? Well, you've got you've got to make sure that you are not selling the alcohol below. Uh, technically, in England, in England, it's called the permitted price, which is uh, duty plus VAT per unit. Um, obviously, in Wales and Scotland, there is a minimum price mm. of 50 pence per unit. Um, but when you're talking about a package, if you you know you're buying food with, with an item, as long as the you know uh, the aggregate is more than uh, that that minimum, mm. then in England you'd only then be looking at whether it is an irresponsible promotion, mm. and that would be unlikely if you're serving you know something remotely like proper food. Yes, yeah. So pizza, you can build the cost in perhaps, and then yeah, yeah. Goldfish pizza. <laughs> I think yeah. we have to move on from the goldfish. Okay. But um, but Andy, so here's the rub that I've got. Right, so we 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 we're really heavily licensed and we're regulated to all sorts of you know we we can have drunk people in the venue and we can't do that and we can't do that and we can't, we've got all these conditions that we have to abide by. But you can go to a supermarket; they can sell alcohol below cost, at, and I can go home and get absolutely smashed. <laughs> Yeah. And, and eat a goldfish. And eat a goldfish and do whatever I want because I'm in my own house. And that's not regulated at all, which I agree, which should never be. But it's just, we're not, we're not, it's not fair trading ground. It never has been with the supermarkets. No, the on trade's always been an easy target. And, uh, you know, it's more of a political thing. Yeah, let's tax good clout. times. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Let's tax yeah. good times in the hospitality sector, tax them the hell. And then they can go home and just get hammered on Heineken for like one pound a So the, the permitted price, yeah. that is purely on, on trade. That's not on off trade. There's no restriction on what they sell. Well, no, everybody's got to. Um, uh, there, there is the permitted price. I'm just. Let me just come back to you on he's, that. He's I just want to check because. Yeah. <laughs> not many off trade. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, yeah, so do, absolutely. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, on or off the premises. It's right. on or off the premises. I just wanted to check. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's a universal ban. Right. Okay. Okay. But it's obviously very very low. Yeah. Um, you know, duty plus VAT. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think the price that some sort of beers are sold in supermarkets. That's yeah. It, it's it's next to nothing, isn't it? So, yeah. um, I mean, you mentioned happy hours. I mean, is there a limit to how long a happy hour can run? By definition, it should be an hour, but most places seem to be happy hour. Well, 12 the, till 8 um, the, the, the grammatically correctivist might <laughs> agree with you yes. 60 minutes and, uh, and that's yeah. it no again I mean, it sounds a bit boring and dull but, but it is every every promotion would just be addressed on its own particular mm. facts and if you know if, if a licensing officer is coming into a pub and seeing people absolutely uh, rolling around you know completely drunk uh, and there's no control uh, and people being served um, whilst drunk 
then they're going to have a problem with it. And that in itself is going to inform whether it is an irresponsible drinks promotion, if you see what I mean. That would be one of the, one of the factors okay. uh, involved. But you, you, you know, nowadays, you'd have to go quite a way to... Yeah. You know, to have that because you're putting your whole license at risk. You're likely to be have your license reviewed. Uh, you potentially committing a criminal offence because of the condition on on all licences, all, all on licences. Um, you know, so uh, you've got to be very, very careful. Okay, so just to summarise, then, uh, what are the key three or so key things that that operators should be thinking about when they're thinking about doing some kind of promotion? Well, um, firstly, you know, continue to be enterprising and, and come up with great ideas. Um, don't, don't be worried about uh, thinking just because you're discounting your alcohol, that's going to be uh, irresponsible. Uh, secondly, if, if you've got any doubts at all, then uh, speak, take some legal advice or speak to your licensing officer, run it by the police uh, if, if you've got any concerns at all. And thirdly, make sure your staff are all trained uh, and understand the basics, um, you know, underage sales, uh, not selling to drunks, you know, just running a tight ship. Uh, and it, as long as you don't actually have problems, it's unlikely to be considered an irresponsible drink promotion. Basically. Fantastic. And um, no, no live goldfish. I, can get some there. I no. think you've got an obsession with this goldfish I, now. I, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm fixated <laughs> on the goldfish. Uh, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. West um, Auckland in the 80s, mate. You've got no idea. It was like the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that in Australia? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the anyway. problem with you Welsh people. That's it. Yeah, thank you. There we go. Brilliant. Andy, well, thank you very much for your time, You're sir. As, as always, a pleasure to have you on. So thank you very much. It's lovely to see you, Ed, and the other two inside. Indeed. All right. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Have a nice thank weekend. You. Cheers, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is the lock-in podcast, and we're at the end of this episode. So I've got on my notes a discussion on what we've heard. Probably shouldn't have read that bit, should I? No. Quality. What, what do we think, then, Heath? You um, you uh, feel that you're... So I, I, like I've distilled uh, Tom's notes from camera. Value for money, special quality, experience, welcoming. It's all about the offer. And I've summarised it in four words. You can't be shit. <laughs> So, what are you going to do about that? Just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, I think like, we all know that the only way you're going to survive is if you're good. And even if you're good, you're still going to struggle. But you've got to hustle and you've got to really work hard at it. And, and being cheap isn't the answer to everything because Weatherspoons is cheap and they're still closing 32 pubs, whatever they're closing. Mm. So, it's about value. It's about giving people an experience. And if they're only going to have one night out, they want to go somewhere that's good. Yeah. And you've just got to... You know, we need to get through however long we've got left of the show. I mean, that's, that's the challenge, isn't it? If, if people are only going to have one night out, that, that, that reduces the opportunity for everyone. So yeah. we're going to be competing with each other. Oh, we are. We've always, always have been, but now we're really competing with each yeah. other. This is really dog eats dog. Mm. You know, Witherspoon's 99p pints, seriously. Like, but it, it's like you say, I mean, uh, I don't know, you were talking about, you know, you want a bolt hole, you want to get away from the wife, you want to go out, and you're prepared to pay for that. Other people don't mind not paying or paying. They would rather yeah. still want that bolt hole, but they want the cheapness as well. Mm. So there's, much as we were saying, you know, is there a still a place for that value end pub? Is, is, is the pub evolving beyond that? Probably yes, there is, because there's still going to be people that go, I want to get out, but I can't afford to, so I will go to the place that's cheapest. Yeah. 
to, to get tough away. though, isn't it? it they've been forced into it rather than I would say yeah. cause that's because they, what they want to I mean, do. It's really but I mean, it's not really that we're actually talking about this as a role of a pub is to escape a wife and kids, <laughs> um, which is horrendous and horrific and not the main reason why people go to pubs. No, but it's, but like it's, but it's giving people escape though, isn't it? Whether it's the wife and kids, whether it's the girlfriend, boyfriend. Or just from life. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the other that's, thing. That's, that's, there's, there's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed well, to be escape. I, I, missed, I missed who it was on the radio. I sort of tuned in to, to, to Radio 4 and there was a lady who was obviously in hospitality and she was saying, you know, it's escapism. So, you know, people are looking to get away. They're looking to get away from their lives and they, the misery and uh, whatever they, it's that sort of, but then, moment, but then is it, they don't want to go to a pub where the licensee moans about the price, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but, but it's money. also, but you don't want to be like, I don't know, part of me, I know it's hard because everybody has different budgets, but I don't want to be somewhere where I'm buying the cheapest drink and it's all about value and cheap and half price food. And but then are you lucky enough to have sites in areas where no, maybe got, the, the, maybe people have a little bit more money no, than but other areas? My, my Winlock Arms pub's closed right now. I'm closing it for two weeks. There's no point being open because yeah. people around there have a budget and there's no point opening. I'd rather pay you know rent and wages, holiday pay, than have it open, chewing through expense. I'll open it in a couple of weeks. Or the 14th I'll open it, but... It's you've got to re- these days you, you it, it's hard because I've always said as a publican you're you're the plumber the electrician you're the you know you're the guidance counselor for your staff you're all these and now you're just getting all these these things thrown at you it's just it's brutal mm. in every sense and like we're, even if you're a good operator you're struggling so fuck we're like we're, we're really against it and there's no help anymore no that's what I was talking to, to a licensee earlier today and I was like I just I can't seem to get my head around the fact that during lockdown or during COVID times like you know furlough came out pretty quick grants came out relatively well they weren't distributed as quick but they were announced pretty quick loans were announced pretty quick whereas now it's like whatever. Oh, you, you know what? You can you can get money now. The, the problem is, oh wait, two thousand eight when that crisis happened, no one had money. The banks didn't have money. You, you know, all the big banks collapse. You can get money now. Mm. People are offering money every day. I see these emails come through. The rates they want to charge you. Yeah. It's it's like the Sopranos. Mm. Like yeah, we'll give you money, but we're going to charge you thirty eight percent. First bond charge. Yeah, yeah, it's just insane. So I think the, the, the danger we have as operators, we'll be taking loans Debt. that we can't afford mm. to try and keep a business going, but we've got a government that isn't sympathetic to what we're doing and I think we're all going to end up in a lot of trouble so you've got to be very careful what loans and money you take on right now because if you, you think as long as I get through this next hurdle but what's the next what's hurdle after next yeah. as we've seen so, you, so much you just, but that's why you see people like D&D as we said earlier getting rid of sites you've got people just dumping sites because mm. no one can see light at the end of the tunnel and you, mm. you're, everyone's assessing their business if you, did, if you did a risk assessment like you do for the fire officer on your business how many businesses would just go it's not worth it mm. yeah I mean, ultimately, we're, we're, in, we're coming back to the to the question, which is around pricing. We've been talking about pricing, prompted by uh, by the, the discussion on on Instagram around yeah. operators ripping off customers was was what sparked this because it infuriated me to read that. And yeah, and I saw I saw everyone your, I saw your exchange to, uh, with um with Ali at London Public mm. for like I saw like it's it's fuck gone are the days of cheap wine and cheap beer mm. and going to the pub for a quick drink with your mate that's gone yeah this is the reality so the, the reality is operators I think they're considered if, if you can you should be passing on the cost you've mm. got to pass it you on the because, because because if you don't pass it on now like you said earlier then you've got to pass on, it on one yeah, big go and then your prices hike in a massive thing yeah, so. it's, not like pay, it's like not paying your credit card and then yeah. they add charges on and you keep on adding charges and then suddenly is that what they do 
Yeah, that's why you. That's why you're wearing um, H and M jeans. <laughs> can you see that from here? Yeah, I can. The label's <laughs> hanging out. Forty nine waist. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. No, but, that, but that's the thing that you've got it. You've just got it. You've and I know. And I've always when I was first got the pubs I'd always be very price conscious and I didn't want to upset Dave who come in every week and did this but you can't think like that anymore yeah, yeah. like the, the, no, the, the age old thing I mean most pubs are so terrified of putting price up they've been going oh no no I can't do that because oh, I put that 10p on a, on a pint you know Dave at the bar is going to complain he's not going to come back but the reality is he does you know what we need to be focusing on we need to stop focusing on price mm. and we need to stop we need to start focusing on being hospitality and looking after people and making them feel welcome and buying them a drink and it, you know that hurts but buying yeah. them drinks and looking after them making them feel special getting them you know pack of crisps whatever it is but making them you're the reason they want to go to your pub not the other pub yeah. because they get a free drink once in a while off you because you care and they know how much that pint costs you but you actually value their customer base you know value them as a customer that's what we need to be focusing on not the price it's about the, it's like, I, hate the, I hate the word experience but being a publican that looks after people and welcoming and giving them that as opposed to going Oh, I know it's a bit expensive, and I try to give it. I try to keep the prices down. I'm going. This one's on me. Hope you have a good time. And then they don't mind the prices because they feel like they got something for free. Mm. That's what we need to focus on. Very. Mm. Being hospitality. Hospitality. We don't have that anymore. It's all big companies buying shit and running out with GPs and margin. So everyone's a his pub for a free pint. Yeah. No. Yeah. What time should we be there? My, my, I, I do spend a lot of money on giving stuff away and looking after people because. I, you know, I mean, these people can afford it. And I've got mates coming from the other trade, hospitality trade. I always look after hospitality trade. Always do. And it's you don't have that anymore. Mm. It's all, everyone's worried about their bottom line, but you get so much more back when you give a little. So therefore, guys, if you run a pub, red line and sun, ask for heat. <laughs> Keith, we'll Keith, Keith, him ask like. for Keith he's, he's always, he's always <laughs> gives a lot more away than me <laughs> right I think on that note that is it uh, for this episode we will be back in a couple of weeks with some more vague pub related fun but for now don't forget to subscribe tell your friends and share far and wide on social please I need to get up to 20 listeners by 2024 uh, thanks also to Redwood in London Bridge past the ETM group for allowing us to record in a fantastic site if you'd like us to come and talk bollocks in your pub please let us know mm-hmm. That is all from us. We shall see you next time.